Last week, we started our spiritual gifts series, and we learned that there are four different categories of gifts. They're in your outline. Number one, what's the first category? Motivation. Where are they found? Romans. 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 No, that's a long time from now. Uh, motivational gifts, Romans 12, and the purpose of the motivational gifts are to strengthen the church. Very important to understand that. We'll be talking about that more in just a few moments. The second category gifts are manifestation. manifestation gifts. These are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and the purpose of these gifts, we talked about it last week, was to reveal God in the church. These are the nine gifts of the Spirit. Number three, they are the what? Ministry, Ministry gifts, found also in 1 Corinthians 12. These are to, um, this is going to be where most of church members operate in and these are to build the church this is people who serve any sort of capacity that way that is the ministry gifts we're going to be talking about those next week and number four is ministerial gifts found in ephesians 4 these are the pastor prophets teachers evangelists apostles the five gifts given to us by jesus himself and they are to equip the church. So last week we went through the nine manifestation gifts, and the Bible tells us that we should all desire for the gifts to operate in us. They are available to you. And we use the example of a cereal box in the pantry. Does a cereal box in the pantry fill your hunger need? Just being in the pantry doesn't fill the need that you have for that hunger. You've got to do some work. You've got to get the cereal box out of the pantry. You've got to open it up, get your bowl, get your milk, get your, your spoon, get all together, mix it together, and then you have the cereal. And as you eat it, it begins to quench the hunger that you have on the inside of you. Uh, in order for you to be fed, there is work that is going to be required of you. What we need to understand is... You are, not, you are not going to be effective in operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit if you see the gifts of the Holy Spirit as optional. Let me, let me say that again, okay? You're not going to be effective in operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit if you see the gifts as being optional in your life. If I decided to turn out of our parking lot and turn right and then we go to a red stoplight out there, if I thought that stoplight was optional, what would happen to me if I chose to drive through a red light? So things in your life are non-negotiable. There are aspects that God has called the believer to walk in that are available to us that are non-negotiable. Those things are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We cannot see them as optional. They are as much as our part of lives as anything else as what we need. Okay. You need the supernatural power of God flowing through you. And that is one of the non-negotiables in the Christian life. Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, um, imagine a electrical panel. Uh, you ever know what an electrical panel is? 
It's what powers your house. You have like the box and the breakers and the switches and, and all that. Everyone know what that is? Okay. The electrical panel, all the amperages goes into the, or the power that drives your house all go into the electrical box. And from there, you can power different segments of your house. I call an electrician to verify this. There is about 200 amps of power that goes into the average house. From the average house, the 200 amps is constantly flowing into the house, but they have these things called breakers, and a breaker could be 15 amps, 20 amps, 40 amps, 60 amps, and it required, or, or what determines the breaker on there is the appliance that it is operating. So if you have lights, these run off a 15 or 20 amp breaker. So in order for the lights to get power, you are connected to the 200 amps of power, and then the breaker then dictates the amount of power that goes to those lights. Your AC, your air conditioner, we love air conditioner, it is a 40 amp breaker. It requires a little more power. So the breaker that is going to be connected to the switch is a 40 amp, which draws out more power of the 200. You guys don't even see where I'm going with this, do you? If anybody have a hot tub? Yeah, yeah, okay. So a hot tub is a big appliance. It's like a 60 amp cooler. Like if, to have your hot tub to run the heater and the elements and all that stuff, it draws out about 60 amps of power. Full power is flowing all the time if the source of the power is constant. So there is 200 amps of power flowing into your house at all times. But what dictates the amount of power that flows to different elements of the house is the breaker switch that allows the current to flow through it. If the appliance only needs 20 amps, what will it pull out? If the appliance needs 60 amps, what will it pull out? If you only pull out a little of the power, there is still an untapped amount of power that is flowing if you decide to pull on it or not. The full measure of power or flow is available, but what determines the amount of power that you operate in as a believer is the pull you put on the anointing that is flowing through your life. Yes. The greater measure of pull you put on the power source, the greater measure of power that will flow through you. When it comes to you operating in the gifts of the Spirit, the spiritual gifts, you must learn to, to put a pull on the power source that is the constant in your life. If you only put a pull of 15 amps on the spiritual gifts working in your life, what are you going to receive out of it? 15 amps. If you put a pull of 60 amps on that power source, what will you get out of it? So the level of anointing that operates in your life is dictated by the level of pull that you put on it. If you put a blender on there, it's going to pull out more than a, a, uh, a light. If you put a hot tub on it, it's going to pull out more than a hairdryer. The level of appliance amperage needed is what puts the draw on the current power source. Mm -hmm. 
So in your life, whatever level you are operating on will dictate the amount of power source that will need to flow into your life. When it comes to operating in the gifts of the Spirit, they are available to every believer. But what happens is we don't put a demand on the anointing that's operating in our lives. When you don't put a demand on the anointing that's operating in your lives, you will never pull out of the source that gives you a greater constant flow of power. I'm going to leave that one alone, okay? We're good? You get that? It's preaching better than you all responded. That's okay. Because <laughs> I mean, that alone, we can call a church and be done right there on that one. There's, there's so much in that. Okay, you want to go there? Let's go there. The, the greater level of power operating your life is determined by the power that flows into your life. If the Holy Spirit is flowing into your life, there is unlimited power. That is what the Holy Spirit represents. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is without limit. So if you there is a limitless Holy Spirit flowing power into your life, the only thing that determines the amount of the, the amount of power flowing out of your life is you. So if you are not putting a pull on the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the reason is you have not connected yourself to the source that brings power into your life. That's right. All right. Today we're going to look at the seven motivational gifts. I had to take it one more time around the circle. Just, just for fun. Today we're going to look at the, the next spiritual gift, and that is the motivational gifts. The motivational gifts are all about your personality. Say personality. They are what motivates you to respond to situations the way that you do. If you know who you are, then you will know what you are to do. Let me say that again, but in, in, in another way. If you know you, uh, you are operating in your natural gifting, you position yourself to operate in your spiritual gifting. All right, let me say it differently. When you're doing your part in the church, you will find that in obedience of one thing, God will begin to use you in something else. People want to go out and lay their hands on raise the dead, but they're not willing to show up to church on time. People want to go out and preach the gospel, but they're not willing to share the gospel with their next door neighbor. Give me a stage position, God. But the whole world's your stage. People want to lead a small group or lead a ministry, but yet they won't open the door and make people feel welcome when they come in. There is a progression in the spiritual realm. And what I've learned in this progression is there is a functionality to us discovering our purpose. We try to say, we want to operate at level 10, and we haven't even got level 1 yet. So what we've got to do is find the progression for the spiritual gifts to take place in our lives, and that starts by the personality that God's given you to operate in the spiritual gift of the motivational gift that begins to dictate the way you say things, the way you do things, the way you act on things, the way you think about things. When you begin to discover what that is, you'll find out the gifts of the Spirit, the manifested gifts, will begin to operate. Let me cover a little bit of groundwork here, and then uh, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with this. Let's look in your outline. Adrian, come up here for a second. We read 
Romans 12, 4. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. God created each person to function in the kingdom of God. If you are a believer or not, we were made in his image, therefore we are fashioned to function in what our original intention was. Again, if you are a believer or not, you are already manifesting in the motivational gifts that God has for your life. Companies all over the world, in their hiring or onboarding process, have developed tests to help you discover your personality. What are they trying to do? Just find out if you are suitable for the position that they need for their company. You don't have to go very far and look at Adrienne and say that her gifting is not exhortation and service. Would you all agree, those who know her? Uh, this has been in her since she was born. Now, she can choose to use that for the flesh, or she can choose to use that for the spirit. It's up to her. The gifting has been in her since she was born. If anyone has been around our daughter, Abigail, she has the gift of exhortation. I will come home from work. I will walk in the door, and she will look at me and, and say, Dad, I bet you did the best job you've ever done today. Our clients are so proud of you and so happy with you. I'm like, well, you know what I do, kid? <laughs> she has no clue. We didn't teach her that. We didn't train her that way. It's just in her. A few weeks ago, I walked into the room and she told Adrienne, Mom, of all the people, of all the moms that God could have gave me to, he chose you to be my mom. And I'm so thankful that you get to be my mom. <laughs> Who does that? Yeah, she's playing the long con, isn't she? She's right before Christmas. But, but, but we didn't train her that way. We didn't teach her that. We didn't tell. It is just in her. A few weeks ago, Mike and Debbie and, and Janet and Bob, they came up here and helped us with some Christmas decorations and lights. And here's Abigail, who didn't really do anything when they were up here. But when Mike and Debbie leave, she goes and, and says, Thank you so much for coming up here, did she not? And she's like, you guys did such a great job. <laughs> and then after they leave, she comes over to me and she's like, don't you just think they're the greatest people? They, they just did such a great job around here. Don't you think so? <laughs> the motivational gift is in her. She was born with it, of exhortation. There are gifts on the inside of you that you are born with. They are your natural gifting. But what happens is, over time, we choose to use those gifts for the flesh and not the spirit. The motivational gift of exhortation, what is she doing? She is encouraging everyone else that she's around. She's using it for the spirit. Remember those old cartoons where they had like the cat and the mouse and 
the cat would want to do something bad, and the little red devil would pop up on this side and be like, oh, this is what I think you should do. And then a little white angel would pop up on this side. No, you should be kind and don't chase after the mouse anymore. You remember those commercials that, or those shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's a little bit about how this, this looks like. You have the choice to use the motivational gifts inside of you for evil or for good or for flesh or for the spirit. Let me show you this in your outline. Let's look in Romans chapter 11, 29. For the gift and the calling of God are irrevocable. What happens is there are giftings in our lives that God has placed there. And those giftings will operate if you are a believer in Christ or you're not a believer in Christ. Adrian could go to the local bar and serve, you guys got to follow me on this, don't edit this out somewhere and get me in trouble. <laughs> and serve behind the bar and serve people and those people would have a fantastic experience. Why? She is serving in the capacity of what God created her to serve in. The problem is she chose to do it for the flesh and not the spirit. She is using her gifting. She is getting compliments. She's being appreciated. But listen to this. Her gifting is being utilized and she feels fulfilled because her gifting is in operation. Yes. There are things that we do where we think we are being fulfilled because we are using our gifting, but we are using them in the flesh and not the spirit. Look at Hollywood. Look at musicians. There are people that just seem to rise to the top. They are operating in their gifting. But over a period of time, the more you operate in your gifting, if you are not operating in the spirit, the gifting begins to wear out and you begin to get dissatisfied and you start looking for other means. Only whenever you use your gifting for the Spirit do you get the fullness of this long-term eternal value of fulfillment. The operation of your gifting can be used for the flesh or it can be used for the Spirit. Therefore, the impact of what's eternal is not lasting whenever you do it for the flesh. People are getting world fame and fortune, but in the eyes of God, they are going broke. God is not repenting about giving them their gift because they're using it for the world. However, he is, his heart is broken that they're not using the gift properly. You read it a while ago. The gift and callings are irrevocable. You have them. Now it's up to you what you decide to do with them. One was successful in the eyes of man. The other is successful in the eyes of God. And I don't know about you, but my priority is the eyes of God. So what needs to happen? Adrian read it in chapter, or, or chapter 12, verse 6. Paul writes, let us use them. We need to use our gifts, and we said it earlier, the motivational gifts are used to strengthen the body of Christ. 
So we have to use our gifts to strengthen the local church. It goes back to what we said last week. Some of you are a hand, some of you are an eye, some of you are a foot. All of us have different parts of the body to function, but it only when all of us function together does the body function the way it was designed to. So there are some of you, many of you, maybe not, have gifts on the inside of you that are dormant. Currently sitting in this room, there are people in here that your personality, you have traits, you have aspirations, you have motivations that you do not operate in because they have allowed them to go dormant because, for, for a myriad of reasons. Maybe you don't understand it. Maybe you're, you're scared to step out in faith. Maybe, maybe you're not sure. Maybe you stepped out one time and someone tried to contradict what you said and, and it made you a little gunshot. You, you acted in that gift that's operational in you and, and, and it got shut down, so it kind of made you a little shy. Whatever the reason is, let me be as kind to say it's irrelevant. The gifts are in you. They're there for you to have access to. God wants you to operate in them. There are gifts that God has given to us to build the church. What's our mission statement here, our purpose? Believe, belong, become, build the kingdom of God. We have got to strengthen the body. So how do we build? We strengthen the body. How do we strengthen the body? Use our gifts. The, in your outline, this is, I'm, I'm not going to run on this one, but I, I put it in here because I had the thought when I was writing it, and it's a good thought. The more you operate properly in your motivational gifts, the greater measure of power you flow in your manifestation gifts. I want you to ponder that one later on. There's, there's substance to that. Let's look at the seven motivational gifts. This is going to be fun. I'm going to show you what the natural gift is. And then I'm going to show you her, uh, what the gift is. Um, well, let me rephrase that. I'm going to show you what the gift is, and I'm going to show you too what it is in the flesh and what it is in the spirit. In the flesh, it is your personality coming out. In the spirit, it is it is an expression of the Holy Spirit manifesting inside of you. So remember, uh, these gifts are not the nine gifts of the spirit. So some of these terms, words, will be both in, but it's not implying the same thing. So I'll, let me explain that what it means. The number one. The first motivational gift is prophecy. Write that down. This is not the gift of prophecy that we talked about last week. The gift of prophecy is when the Holy Spirit comes on you for a manifested uh, reason. Uh, this is a motivational gift. This gift is what operates in you at all times. This is what motivates you to think the way you do. It's what motivates you to act the way you do. It's what motivates you whenever someone cuts you off in the parking lot and you start saying something back. That is what the motivational gifts are. They are what dictates your personality. So let's look at these in the flesh. Let me see if you have the gift of prophecy in your life. In the flesh, you speak your mind. You're kind of demanding. You're overbearing. Strong will, dominant. You got to correct them. You're opinionated. You like confrontation doesn't really bother you. Is that anybody? <laughs> He's like, I don't, I'll show my hand up. I'm proud of this one. So whenever we operate in this, and you find these character traits coming out, 
We are operating in the flesh. But the gift of prophecy that we are to operate in is supposed to look like this. In the spirit, we're visionary. We're committed. We're bold. We persevere. We don't back down. We, we're a problem solver. We make it work. And, we, and if we can't, we find someone that can. Yes. Number two. The second motivational gift is service. In the flesh, you stay frustrated at what others are not doing. <laughs> you worry a lot. You kind of internalize a lot. You'll, you you kind of often think, well, I'm just going to do this myself, even when I show them how to do it. I'm just, you just get frustrated if it doesn't get done your way. Anybody like that? Uh, <laughs> in, in the spirit, you're hospitable. You're generous. You're caring. Always available to be used. So what we keep looking back and forth is in the flesh, whenever we allow the motivational gifts to operate in our lives, in the flesh, we respond to things or we react to things. In the spirit, we respond to things or we react to things. And it will dictate which direction we go. The third one, teaching. Or a teacher, whatever you want to teach. In the flesh, you're impatient. You're kind of condescending. You're always right. In the spirit, on the back, you're thorough. You're dependable, diligent, methodical. Always teaching something to someone if they want it or not. All right. Some of you are starting to kind of hit home a little bit. Okay. Number four, exhortation. In the flesh, you're impulsive. You're presumptuous. You speak when you're not invited to. That's Abigail to a T. In the spirit, you're enthusiastic. You're happy. You're always encouraging. You brag on people. Everything's going to be all good. Everything's going to be good. Let me pause here and say, Adrian has mastered this gift. You will never hear her speak when not invited to. You will never hear her talk about anything bad about any of you. I've tried to get it out of her. <laughs> she won't do it. Because she's learned whenever I operate inside my gifting, I have greater joy. When I, have, when I operate inside my gifting, I don't have the confusion that other people have in their lives. I don't have the relationship issues that other people have in their lives. When you operate inside the gifting that God has for you, it enables you to have all that God has for you. Number five, contributor. We're giving would be another word. In the flesh, you like to buy your friends. You're wasteful. You spend unwisely or extravagant. Really? <laughs> She's calling me out. <laughs> In the spirit, you're benevolent. Looking to give, invest in people, grateful for blessing. Number six, I'm going to let that one die because my wife's going to call me out if I do anything on that one. I have no need to feel okay. Number six, leader. In the flesh, you're a dictator, bossy. Stop. She looked right. I was going to Yeah, you were. You take over. You can't really follow people. Whenever everyone's saying, let's go here, you're kind of like, yeah, we'll go here. You're operating in the, in the flesh. 
A leader in spirit operates with responsible, sees ahead, determined, organized. Number seven, write down mercy. Unbelievably indecisive. Call me out, call me out. <laughs> Easily offended, cries often. That's See, see other <laughs> See other people as being harsh. In the spirit, you're compassionate, gentle. You cry a lot. You walk with someone when they're going through something. The, the motivational gifts all have a personality that bend our decisions one way or the other. There's no right or wrong. There's no one that's better than the other. Each of them are important for you to understand because they become the actual guidelines that our personality can be deciphered from. Uh, this is literally like a marriage class. If you got marital problems, it's because you're operating in the gifts inside of you in the flesh. If you have a relationship, if your kids don't want anything to do with you, It's because we've been operating in our spiritual gifting, but we've been using it for the flesh and not for the spirit. We've been allowing the flesh to dictate our vocabulary, then allowing the spirit to dictate our vocabulary. Whenever you get yourself into a situation and you respond, you're like, I can't believe you would do that. The gift of prophecy is rising in you, but you have to choose. Are you going to use it for flesh or use it for the spirit? Are you going to tear someone down or use the gift again you to build them back up? If, if you have the, the prophecy motivation, you've got to be careful. Uh, you can come across as brash. You have a strong personality. Adrian calls me a jerk. <laughs> it is what it is. I, this is one of my highest giftings is prophecy. And it's... And it's I've got to be careful because she'll say something to me and I'll just and she gets this like, well, I didn't want that. That's, that's not what I needed right now. And that's not, and oh, that's right. The gifting is in you. It's a part of you. But how you use the gifting is up to you. So I learned to tell myself, in this situation or this situation, Am I going to respond in the flesh or am I going to respond in the spirit? Marriage help, kids help, relation help, help at work, help everywhere. If you can discover the gifting that operates on the inside of you, it will answer the questions that you have of why you are the way that you are. And once you understand the way that you are, you know why you are. At the bottom of your outline, this is a quick Cliff Notes motivational gift test. Um, did you all receive the whole packet that I printed out for you? If you're nerds like me and you like going back, and you can do this later on. It's a very detailed to find out to help you find what your motivational gift is. And it gives an explanation of them. It gives you Bible characters of who you're like and who you're not like. And, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's, if you want to find out, I want to encourage you to do that. Um, the flip side is there's uh, 35 questions, and I got to number three, then I stopped because I got tired of doing it. That's to give the prophecy, and I don't want to mess with it anymore. So I wrote my own version, and it's one question, <laughs> and more than likely, it's going to nail it on the head. 
of what your strongest gift is. You ready for this? This is going to be Okay, I'm going to read it, and then there are a few responses that we're going to go through. And then when we go through the responses, I want you to write in order the way you would respond to them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This will be your first response, your second response, your third response, and so on. Here's the story, and then we'll answer the questions. A lady had seven guests at the table. She was the host. After dinner, she stands up and goes and gets a cake for dessert. She picks it up and walks over to the table. She trips and drops the cake on the ground. What's your very first thought? Okay. You laugh and you're kind of disappointed you're not getting cake. <laughs> Be honest. So, okay, so if I'm gonna throw you a baseball and you have a glove on your left hand, are you gonna use your right hand to catch it? No, I'm gonna throw it. What's your natural response? Left hand glove up. So don't think about these. What's your first response, all right? You grab a napkin to start cleaning up. You tell her it's going to be okay. Uh, you, you tell her what caused her to fall was the wrinkle in the rug. Don't be all holy, there's no wrong answer, just what's your first response? You think, I can go get another cake and, and get this taken care of. Uh, you start telling others at the table, hey, grab napkins, get, get this stuff cleaned up. Or maybe you grab her hand in the cake and, and show her it's no big deal, accidents happen. Alright, write down, let's just do your top two. What's your first response? Of those seven things, what's your first response? Uh, I'm not asking. Put your one right there next to it. <laughs> And then what's your second response? All right, how many of you, your first response, this was mine, you laugh and you're kind of disappointed you're not getting cake. Be honest. Really? Only if it was me. I would after we cleaned it up. Okay, all right. So if that's you, just so you know, the gift of prophecy is your highest gift. Okay. How many of you grab a napkin and start cleaning up? Service. Makes sense, Bob, because you have a foundation that feeds 2,200 people. Service. See, my one question works. Uh, how many are you going to tell them it's going to be okay? That's your first response. You have the gift of exhortation. Where's your second response? That's the gift of exhortation. Uh, how many of you tell her that the reason why she fell was the, the wrinkle on the rug? Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> Mike, yeah. That's the teacher gift. Yeah, that's you, yeah, yeah, that's the teacher gift. Uh, how many of you think you can go get another cake and make this all better? Yeah, that's the giver, the contributor. Yeah. Uh, how many of you start telling others to grab napkins to clean up? Yeah, yeah that's me. <laughs> Prophecy and leader, I can't help it. Uh, so that is the leader. Uh, how many of you get on the floor with her, get your hand in the cake, and tell her it's going to be okay? That's the gift of mercy. <laughs> That's not, not you, Terrence. That's the gift of mercy. <laughs> when you understand your personality, you understand why you're made. When you understand why you're made, you understand why you do what you do. When you understand why you do what you do, you begin to operate in the gifts that God has for you to operate in. 
Don't try to raise people from the dead if you're not going to open this up door. There's a progression to the spiritual realm. There's a progression to the gifts of the Spirit working in you. Excel in discovering what your motivational gifts are. They are to strengthen the body. What has God called each and every one of us to do? To strengthen the body. To be a part of the local church. And if we're not operating in our gifts, how can God use us? That's right. I put in there, we read it a while ago, the more you operate properly in your motivational gifts, the greater measure of power you flow in your manifestation gifts. When you operate in the flesh, watch the people's response. When you operate in the spirit, watch their response. We had this week um, one of the jobs that we did this week went bad on us. Very seldom happens. Um, and the lady called and, and said, hey, um, you ruined my couch. And I looked at the picture she sent and I was like, yep, we ruined that couch. <laughs> she called Adrian. And the lady was so nice, was so kind. And what did that cause me to do? Bend over backwards to go figure out what happened. We go and I start spending time with her, I'm talking to her, and it ended up being where it wasn't even our fault. Um, she had put chemical on the couch before we got there and didn't tell us, and the chemical she put on there ruined her couch. And she came back and apologized, she's like, I'm sorry, and we, I already had a check with me to reimburse her for this Mathis Brothers sectional that was only a year and a half old, and it was not a cheap sectional. And I, I will always do what's right. It doesn't really matter. Rewind back. We had a customer. You know this one's going. Keep. We had a customer um, a month ago who was an absolute terror. Worst one I've ever seen in eight years of doing this business. She was mean. Came out the door mean. Keaton walked up to the front door before we even said hello. Mean. Like, like just nothing. And. We did the job, did it right, and she lied. She had put something on her floor that she told us was not, and then I had to come back later and prove to her that it was that. And what happened with her was, let me be careful how I say this. I didn't allow her response to affect me. Mm -hmm. Whenever the lady with the couch called, she was kind, I, reciprocated with kindness because that was how she responded to me the lady who was a jerk she was a jerk from day one what did that cause me to do it wanted me to operate out of my flesh and I'd like to tell you that I had an employee who didn't operate out of his skin <laughs> but what, what happens is Whenever you respond to a certain situation one way will cause those around you to respond to how you responded. She was a jerk. If it would have been any other company, they would have stuck her with a $5,000 bill that I did for her for free. She got caught. Did she not get caught in the lie? I mean, every day. It was proved. It even came out. She even, her husband admitted it. But I said, I will do what's right. 
Because I'm not going to allow someone else to have power over me to dictate how I respond to situations. But here's what happens. If you don't know your motivational gifts, if you don't know what those are in your life, you will respond how you think you should respond, but you respond in the flesh and not the spirit and wonder why you're in the predicament that you're in. So no matter what situation you're in, you respond in the spirit, not the flesh. And now you can take the big packet this week, fill it out, look at it, do the test. It's self-explanatory and find out what makes you tick. So that way, whenever you're in the situations that you're in, the Holy Spirit can move in your life. And you respond in the spirit, not in the flesh. My final thought. As you learn to respond in the spirit, you begin to hear the voice of the Spirit on the inside of you. When you begin to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate. Yes. I'm going to let you hold on to that one. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the gifts that you've given to us. These gifts were given on purpose, for a purpose, because you created us and designed us the way you needed us to function in the body. Lord, I pray that the gifts that are inside of us will come out and that we use these for your benefit, for the benefit of strengthening the church, not tearing down. It's easy for us to get mad and get uh, frustrated at what others are doing, but that's not what you created us to do. You've created us to walk in the spirit, not in flesh. So Lord, today, I pray that you help us walk in the Spirit. That every situation that comes our way, every conversation that takes place, every person that comes in our sphere of influence, you allow us to operate in the gift of the Spirit to build and strengthen that person to build the church. So Lord, we thank you for the gifts. We thank you that you've allowed us to operate in them. Because they are the personality of which you created us to be.